Hi everyone. Now that the third trailer for The Batman's out, I went over all three. Now I'm going to maybe do my own edit of all three of the trailers together and put together a timeline of how I believe the events happen. Um, I'll, I'll link that later, you'll be able to see it. But just as a breakdown of the three trailers, I'm going to predict how it's going to play out and what's going to happen. First of all, the scene where with the thugs on the street and we have um the character with the half painted face, the guy from Titans. I forget the actor's name right now. Where he looks afraid and Batman steps in and fights off all the goons and everything. I believe he's doing that to protect the boy. And I think that will actually be the opening scene of the movie. I believe what we what will happen is it'll start off on the train with the thugs and they're harassing this boy and they get off the train and when they get off the train they're trying to paint his face and initiate him into their gang or whatever they're doing um batman is going to step out of the shadows and that's where we get your mano being who he was supposed to be and we get an epic fight scene and then he's like i have vengeance but anyway from there we are going to have the death of the mayor scene where we see Riddler for the first time. It's going to pan off to that and it's going to skip to Gordon with the signal calling Batman in. He gives him the information they both show up to the scene. There's a whole thing they're trying to get through the clues whatever and for whatever reason they end up finding something that leads them to find Riddler. And that's what you see then in the second and third trailer of Riddler sitting in the cafe waiting. Now this is very, very interesting and I like this pull because this is a bit of a pull from Seven where the villain hands himself up because he knows his plan is bigger than him being arrested. The next thing I think that's going to happen is is that there's going to be an argument between the police and between Batman because he wants to go in and interrogate him. The cops don't agree with it. Gordon stands up for him. And you see the bit of the altercation between Batman trying to almost... It almost looks like he's trying to get out or trying to escape from the kind of cage cells place. It's like an interrogation room or whatever. I think this is actually going to be either Blackgate or... Uh, it might be in the GCPD but I think this is Blackgate so what will happen with that is he'll interrogate him where you see the shutter come up and you see him in the uh, you see him in the kind of the prison clothes you know the prison overalls or whatever and the conversation about you are part of this that is going to happen there there he's going to say that to him like through the glass and they're going to have a full on dialogue which will be very interesting now, obviously, you can kind of tell that Riddler escapes somehow. Now, I don't know how that happens. I don't know what's going on there. But obviously, he's going to get out because he's there in other scenes later on in the movie. From there, I think they're probably going to introduce Catwoman. But the first time we're going to see her is when Batman starts his investigation and it leads him to Penguin in the nightclub. Penguin probably escapes and is trying to make it to his docks and that's where he crashes his car. 
Um, from there then we're going to have another scene with Selena where he's following Selena and he follows her home. That is where you get the conversation between the two of them of he's standing in her apartment, you have a lot of cats. And she's like, I like strays. That's where that scene is going to come in. Now at this point, she has no idea who it is. But the interesting thing is that we found out recently there is a possibility that herself, uh, Riddler's character and Bruce's character were all in the same orphanage at some point. Now, I think the orphanage is the key bit here. And this could work up to a lot of other stuff. Because obviously it seems Riddler is blaming the rich. But he's specifically pulling the Waynes into that. Now that's almost confirmed based off the conversation we've seen with uh, Bruce and Alfred. Where he's literally blaming Alfred for not telling him the truth. And Alfred is like, look, we, we all have secrets. Like, shut your mouth, man. You, it, was, it was before. Like, you don't know. I know it's coming back to bite us in the ass now. But like, that's not what happened. But anyway. There's going to be a bit of a back and forth between himself and Alfred. And I think that's a very interesting point as well here. Alfred isn't going to be the um, butler type that we get. I think he's going to be more of the ex-military protector. And I also have a few questions about how Bruce was in an orphanage at any point if Alfred was always there. See, that's, that's a weird question. Now, it could be that after the Waynes died, it took Alfred a while to get custody or something. So he, he was put into the, the care system and he was put into a foster home or a, a, an orphanage, basically. And um, it took Alfred a while to probably get him out. Now, that, that is very plausible and that makes it real because that's what happens in the real world. Uh, a random-ass butler usually doesn't adopt a rich boy they usually would um, go to a family member or something like that. But seeing as though there's no mention of the canes or anything like that. And there isn't, you know, that didn't, that never happened in the comics. It has to play out where Bruce is put into care and he's taken back out maybe a year or even six months later. So he does spend some time in the orphanage. So we could get a lot of flashback scenes of maybe a... Um, I don't know, Kid Bruce and uh, Kid Nashton playing with each other. And maybe they, I don't know, maybe we see Selena come in. Um, which would be also another thing about Selena with her uh, family lineage being with the Falcons and stuff. It could be her uncle and not her father. That would be very interesting to see. Um, what else do we have? So we got the care scene. We got him following Catwoman home. They have their conversation. It also seems as well like this movie will be very bat and cat centric. I think the trilogy in general will be very bat and cat centric. I think the second one, she might turn on him and be like the bit of the anti-hero, anti-villain type of thing. Uh, maybe they have a difference of opinion or maybe it's uh, maybe she even finds out who he truly is in the second movie and they have a kind of a, a distance between them but I feel by the end of the third movie Matt Reeves is going to delve into the bat and cat relationship a lot to the point they might end up together um, I think it's one thing that hasn't really been done before where you get an actual you know 
Bruce as a partner, like an you know an actual you know sexual partner. Um, that hasn't really been done before. Will be interesting. A big interesting point is uh, Bella Real's character in the Batman. It's um, it's a very interesting one. We got to see a lot more from trailer three of her, and uh, you can see if you put all the snaps together of the uh, behind the scenes footage and what we've seen in the trailers and everything. The final showdown, I believe, is actually at either her inauguration as mayor or one of her, like, candidate roles in some sort of amphitheater. Um, I believe it'll get attacked by Riddler and his thugs. And the Baton Cat will come in to save the day. That leads into, as well, uh, the point about the Baton Cat being almost like a team in this movie. Um, they're going to be a duo, like, you know, until Batman has his sidekick or whatever, um, he's going to kind of take on Selina's help as much as possible because he's dealing with something that's a little bit bigger than him. Um, the thing with the Waynes as well, it looks from trailer three that whatever Riddler does and brings up about the rich and brings up about the Waynes, Selina seems to blame Bruce Wayne as well almost like there's something big that happened that affected her as well um and that's why he maybe is afraid to actually tell her who he is um because you see that she's asking I think it's in trailer two who are you under that mask um there seems to be a good scene there between the two of them and I think that'll be towards the end of the movie but I think in this one he isn't. He's not going to tell her who he is, specifically because, um, if she knows who he truly is, she won't be on his side. Um, she would see Bruce Wayne as a villain as well, and he's trying to keep that under wraps until the entire thing is finished, so he can then turn around and tell her who he is. It also might go a lot deeper, where he can't tell her at all because of what happens in the events of the first movie. So they could part ways at the end of the first movie and we may not see her at all. But I hope the Bat and Cat dynamic does continue um, into the sequel and into the uh, third movie as well. But for now, another thing about Real's character, it's a new character. We haven't seen this character in the comics before. That's not the first time... In a DC movie, we've gotten a random female character with a new name. And she has a kind of a stance of political power. Um, It'll be kind of interesting there to see whose side she truly is on. And if she's there for her own personal gain or if she's sent there. That's the one theory I did see. She's sent there to take over. Which will lead into the events of the second movie. But I don't want to comment on that too much. Because the leak. Well it's not a leak. It was a a kind of. Uh, someone picked up on something that was mentioned. And it was very particular. And it led me to kind of go down the same rabbit hole. And um, we'll see how that plays out. But if it does play out the way I'm thinking. Very very interesting side character there. Not really sure if I've mentioned this, but 
based on trailer three, I'm actually really, really happy because uh, it, it didn't really click with me until yesterday. So about a day or two after I watched the trailer that I actually goes detective comics. And I'm reading, um, I am reading a collection of them at the moment. I'm reading a lot of the older comics at the moment. And it made me think about it, looking at the trailer. And I was like, he's a detective first. You can see him. He's, he's using his mind. He's using his wits. And he's literally using tools to solve a case. He's a detective. He's the world's greatest detective. And Matt Reeves is doing an excellent job so far in simply grounding Batman in that. Um, DC was built on stories like Slam Bradley, uh, The Question, Lois Lane, Batman. You know, they were all... They were all detective-like stories. There was a crime to solve. There was some sort of evidence to be found. Some, you know, injustice to be sorted, you know. And I I, I really found that from the third trailer where, you know, it'll be, it will be very Arkham-like with the Riddler trophies that he's actually solving these. Um, it'll be a great marketing idea. A brilliant marketing idea if there was something that came out live when the movie's out that the fans have to solve by the end of the movie or, or maybe you know they get they get the riddle going into the movie and then when they leave the theater they can enter the answer on their phone or something to to unlock a you know a new still or a new thing like the rata lada web page that's just that was great marketing but um I really, really like the grounding for DC Comics because I was like, it's Detective Comics. It doesn't stand for that for no reason, you know? And um, it'll be very interesting to see that again on the big screen because we got a glimpse of it in The Dark Knight when he pulls the bullet over the wall. By the way, that makes absolutely no sense, that scene. It makes sense in the context of what he was doing, the actual, you know, the tools he was using and everything. But... It makes no sense that he pulls a bullet out of the wall and then shoots other bullets into a brick. I don't get what he was fucking doing there. He was like, what, what are you doing? Just analyse the bullet. What are you doing? You know, that was a weird one. But I think it, I got what he was trying to do with it. He was trying to make him the detective, you know. But I think Matt Reeves is going to do a slightly better job on it there. I mean, even having Batman hold a goddamn, like, blacklight or a flashlight it just shows that like you know he's got those detective like tools and i i just felt that whole dc world just kind of collide for me when i watched trailer three okay no um i want to add a spoiler warning here so i am not going to be talking about matt reeves the batman I am going to be talking about Matt Reeves, The Batman 2. So if you do not want a potential uh, script leak, please end this podcast now. Um, I, I'm giving you ample time. I'm like 30 seconds into this warning. Please stop this podcast now because I'm going to be reading details from a source on 4chan. So 
please, please take it with a pinch of salt. Obviously, you know, whatever. But there is certain things in this that makes perfect sense. But there are certain things in it as well that don't make sense. So I'm going to talk it through. I'm going to read it out. And then I'm going to talk through my points on it. And we'll go from there. So. The sequel for Matt Reeves' The Batman has officially begun. Pre-production. The film will take heavy influence from the graphic novel A Serious House on Serious Earth. Highly recommend that, by the way. The villains of the film will be the Joker and Clayface. We kind of guess the Joker. The Joker is a transient serial killer. This is by far the most disturbing version of the character. The Joker will not have a single fight with the Batman throughout the entire film. Instead, when he meets Batman for the first time, he will be constantly trying to sexually assault the Dark Knight by kissing, touching and groping him. The usual Joker costume design is gone. He will still have the classic white face, red lips and green hair, but it will not be makeup. It will be his real face. His costume will now be stitched together from random articles of clothing he takes from his victims. Clayface is nothing like the comics. He cannot transform. Uh, his body, he is not made out of clay. Clayface is suffering from a rare skin disease that is rotting his flesh. He can spread his disease by touching other people's skin. Clayface has a mental capacity of a toddler and the Joker will drag him around Gotham like a pet. Um, that's very weird. Now, I agree with everything that's said about the Joker in that. I don't agree what's said about Clayface on that one. Um, the Joker, there's been adaptations of the Joker where he has been a bit of a sexual offender. And he's been, you know, sexually inappropriate towards Batman. He's always made it out that he loves him first and stuff like this. So, um, I can see how that adaptation would be taken because that is creepy. It's it's an adaptation that hasn't really been done on screen before. And I would like to see it. I would really like to see it. I would like to see Batman walk into an interrogation room and be uncomfortable. You know, he's the one villain that Batman like I want him to be, you know, grotesque at him. I want him to be, you know, kind of um, a, a right freak, a right freaky deaky, you know. But for for Clayface, I think um, I I I know that Matt might be trying to you know ground it in realism. Fair enough. But if you're going to do something like that and change a character so drastically, there's plenty of other rogues you could take from. So I believe what's being said about the Joker. I'm not so sure about Clayface, but there is more. And this second part is um, where I kind of veered off a little bit. Okay. So. Why Joker and Clayface are the main villains. Half of the film will be spent with Batman tracking down Joker and Clayface. And the other half will be about Batman trying to escape Arkham Asylum. Joker has been killing... A little after Batman first started his career. There are several cold cases throughout the city. And I also, also, several cold cases throughout the city. 
I just want to point out there as well that I think that that will be brought up in the first movie. So pay attention to the movie uh, and the side characters about other crimes that are being committed in the city because I'm sure they're going to tie in um, throughout the city uh, that the Joker is responsible for. Catwoman will return for the sequel, but not for long. She at first attempts to help Batman find out who was responsible for several gruesome homicides throughout the city, but after encountering the Joker and Clayface and seeing how drastically different they are from the Riddler, she will start to distance herself from Batman. That is another good reason why she could distance herself from Batman. It could be. The murders the Joker commits are truly twisted in senses and will push Batman to his edge mentally. Batman will start to suffer from nightmares after investigating the Joker's homicides. These nightmares will be so frequent, intense, that Alfred will desperately urge Bruce to seek professional help. That is when Bruce will start seeing a brilliant psychiatrist who specialises in nightmares. His name is Jonathan Crane. Matt Reeves has zero intentions of introducing characters like Robin, Batgirl. Matt Reeves is making it clear to Warner Brothers that films will be about Batman and his robes, not the Bat. Now, that last bit I completely disagree with because apparently Robin is already set up in this universe. They do have plans for that forward, and he is a massive, massive fan of Batman 66. So he's not not going to put Robin into that eventually. Um, I can actually see Robin having a very kind of interesting suit, but we'll see what happens there. Um, the Catwoman stuff kind of, kind of lines up for me. I feel that lines up with what I was saying earlier, where they'll get close, but there'll be more distance in the second movie. Um, Jonathan Crane being the secret villain, brilliant idea. However, Bruce going to him as a psychiatrist, I'm not really in the mood for that. I prefer for Lee Tompkins to be brought in. Um, because if you've actually been reading the, if you've actually read the uh, Batman Impostor. You see the storyline there and how he's going to a psychiatrist in the morning after he's done his night's um, crime fighting. I would prefer something more like that. Introducing Jonathan Crane as his psychiatrist is a genius idea for, but it kind of, um, it only, you know, it only gives him that edge over Batman to figure out his psyche and to manipulate him completely. And that will, in turn, mean that Scarecrow, Jasmine Crane, knows who Batman is. And I think from this one, Riddler knows who Batman is. And I think too many villains knowing the identity of Batman isn't going to work. Because it turns from him solving the crime to him hiding, hiding his identity completely. Um, but yeah, I we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But in relation to the Robin stuff, no, that is a hundred percent. That is not happening. We are getting some sort of extension on the Bat family in in this trilogy. Uh, we have to, we have to. There technically is already a Robin in the first movie. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. Please take that with a pinch of salt, and um, have a good day because that's all for me. I hope you enjoy.
Thank you.